Welcome to the Cross Loganville's podcast channel. Thanks for joining us as we continue our series on Essentials, Foundations of Christianity. Hey, do me a favor, grab the uh, outline you were given when you walked in. Should be a little bulletin piece there. Today we're going to talk about, and we're going to land here on this concept of community, connectivity, fellowship, uh, being involved, if you will, in a local church. Ecclesia is the New Covenant word there. Ecclesia is where we get the word church. It means those who belong to the Lord. Okay? That's where we're going to eventually land. Now, a few weeks ago when I was talking about this whole concept of obedience, I used this kind of outline, this model, this diagram. And I talked about three things must take place if you're ever going to reach the place where you submit to biblical truth, which is obeying Christ, which really is yielding your life to the Lord. We talked about this whole thing of desiring God, meaning I want to meet God on God's terms. I can't reduce him down to manageable terms. I've got to embrace, him, uh, embrace the Lord for who he is. We talked about you have to reach a place where you're disgusted with self. I'm sick of me. I don't want to call the shots anymore. I, I, I've got to turn. I've got to repent. I've got to give this up. And then we talked about this disclosure of any deep secrets, issues, sin in your heart. If you don't get there and let that stuff go, you're not going to move in the right direction. Now, if those three things happen, disgust, a desire for God, and this disclosure of the deeper issues of the heart, then, then it allows you to move to a place of confession Confession means to say what God says about something. The Greek word there is homologia. It means I'm saying what God says about sin, about righteousness, about faith, whatever. And it allows me to repent, which means I unplug from all these less wild lovers, and I plug only into Christ. When that happens, I can start to submit to biblical truth. I can start to submit myself and align myself to the things of God. Every person. This is where we should desire to be. Now, once we start to yield ourselves and submit ourselves to biblical truth, then we can subject ourselves to others in the body of Christ, which means then we can align ourselves into fellowship. The word fellowship in the Greek is the word koinonia. Koinonia means to share those things of God together. Okay? Now, what God is desiring for each and every one of us is for us to move to a place where we can experience life with others in the body of Christ. There's one head, Jesus. We're all just members of the body of Christ. And so God desires us to be able to yield and, and do life together as a body. Now, that's where I want to go today. Make sense? Come on, y'all look at me. All right, so this is a teaching, and, 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 and in teaching, we're not talking about straight monologue. We're talking about some dialogue. Y'all with me? This makes sense. Okay. Now, here's a premise statement. Life is hard. Life is difficult. Life, as we know it, is flooded with struggles. All right, help me out. This echo is starting to drive me crazy a little bit. 
on the sound, and I don't know where my man is. I think he checked out. And so we, we need to reduce that down because for me to listen to it for 35 minutes is going to drive me crazy. For me to listen to it for 55 minutes based on all I got to teach, no. All right, so back to the premise statement, guys. Life is hard. Life is difficult. Life is flooded with struggles. Every person under my voice has been beat up. Problems happen, chaos, turmoil to all of us. There's not one person under my voice that's exempt. All of us will experience chaos, pain, problems, and turmoil in our journey. Come on. All of us will. Here's one of the things I've come to kind of notice. Problems seem to have bad timing. (laughs) Problems are not real sensitive. It's like, man, I didn't need that to happen. Come on. I was gone, and I was in Arizona, and I came back Tuesday, and I was like, man, I'm pumped to be back home. Wednesday was a great day. Went down to the gym, got a good workout in with Benji and Jeff and some other guys, and Wednesday, man, just rolling. Thursday was going great. My little dude Caleb's playing golf on their high school team. He's playing as an eighth grader. I'm like, man, what a beautiful day. I mean, it's sunny and it's just beautiful outside, right? And we're walking and just enjoying this day. And they're on the seventh hole, and I mean, they're on the green, and they are chipping and, and putting to finish up this hole. And I'm like, man, what a beautiful day. And I'm with my daughter, Hannah, and my, one of my buddies, Chris, who's an elder in the church, and we're just enjoying it. And all of a sudden, while I'm paying attention to what's going on here, there's a group behind them that are playing, coming this way, and they decide to tee off before we leave, and all of a sudden they yell, four! To which I know where they're hitting from, so I grab my hands and bend over and cover my head, and this ball hit me on the back of my hand so hard, if you saw the inside part of my hand, it's purple and blue, and it was hurting. And I was like, man, the thing swole up, Now, I'm going to milk this for two or three weeks, so y'all might as well get used to it. (laughs) But I was so thankful it didn't hit me upside the head. And I was so thankful it didn't hit my little girl, Hannah. But I was standing there going, man, this is bad timing. (laughs) It was terrible timing. I, I... I didn't need that to happen. And there's things that you've gone through this week, whether it's relationally, whether it's physically, whether it's emotionally, and you go, man, I didn't need that to happen. Some of y'all have faced problems over the last days and weeks that are overwhelming. You know it's just knocked you down. You're exhausted. You're tired. and You don't, you don't, you don't want to keep going. And, and some of you, it's, it's taken away your energy and you've dropped weight and you, it's hard to sleep. Here's one of the things I know. Problems as crazy as they are, Nick, can be purposeful. 
Now listen to me on this. When you encounter problems, turmoil, and chaos, they provoke either connectivity or isolation. You go through a tough time, and you are going to respond pretty much in one of two ways. You're either going to isolate, or you're going to go, man, I, 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 I need some community and connection right now. The person who goes through turmoil and chaos without community and without family, if you will, Merle, and they isolate, that is a terrible, terrible place to be. Being connected to others in the midst of cancer, betrayal, divorce, rejection, a, a bad diagnosis, being connected to others who are connected to Christ gives you a greater chance of being able to flourish when you get up the next day. Now, connected, community, fellowship, listen to this. What are you talking about? When we talk about the New Testament church and you start to study it and you talk about Christian community and fellowship, we're talking about a group of people who do life together with a common mission. Here's the mission. What is the mission? To love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. To love our neighbor as ourselves. To be committed to the command. And to be committed to the great commission. Hey, hey, what, what, what are you doing? We're doing life together with a common mission. That's what we're talking about with fellowship and community. It's sharing a kindred spirit and a kindred relationship with others. Craig, it's so important. I've got to have people that I'm kindred to. That's what we're talking about with fellowship and community. It's meeting consistently to engage in Christ-centered worship and word, to engage in worship and ministry, to engage in the things that God says engage in. So when we talk about we want to see you involved in connectivity, community, small group, body life, we talk about how true life is done in circles, not in rows. You do life by sitting around in a circle, getting to know one another, not looking at the back of someone's head just for 80 minutes on a Sunday morning. That's what we're talking about. Hebrews chapter 10, familiar text, you got to revisit it. It's essential. Let us consider, verse 24, let us consider how to stimulate I use the word motivate, agitate, whatever you want to use there. Let us consider how we can stimulate one another to love and to good deeds. What is fellowship and community? It's getting together and stimulating, encouraging, and motivating. Come on, you can do this. Let's go. He goes on to say, let us not neglect, which means let us not abandon meeting together as is the habit of some. Listen, listen to this. I've had people tell me over the years, I don't need church. I, I don't need fellowship. And the writer of the book of Hebrews in chapter 10 says, do not neglect this. Don't give it up. Don't abandon meeting together. Some are in, are in the habit of doing that. Don't, don't do that. There's benefit when you come together and meet 
in the name of Jesus with a common mission, with a common purpose, with kindred spirits. And then he says, let us encourage one another. You can't encourage one another and stimulate one another to love and good deeds when you're sitting at home by yourself. You can't do it. So I'm going to break this down. So our mission here at the Cross Loganville is connecting your story with Christ and others. It's all connectivity. We want to connect your story with Christ vertically and with others on the horizontal. We desire to extend the love of Christ to Loganville and beyond. Connectivity. Our vision statement over the next five years, we want to reach 1,500 new disciples and reach them and teach them and train them. So you have to ask the question, I'm serious, you've got to ask this. Who are you reaching? Who are you teaching? And who are you training? It's the Great Commission. Who's to be involved? All of us. Every recipient of the gospel of Christ who is submitted to the truth and subjecting to what God has called us to be is to be a part of the mission and vision. The mission and vision that we have for this church is straight 100% biblical. It's not like we made up something just for us. It's just the great command and great commission. So when we look at this, it's like, who are you reaching? Where is your connectivity? So we talk about our four values here. And when you study our four values, our four values are nothing more than connectivity statements, which is to live out our mission. We talk about Sunday worship, that we get together to encounter God and worship and work. That, that's, that, that's a value that we have because we know it fulfills, again, Scripture, Hebrews 10. We don't want to neglect or abandon meeting together. This is good. This is good. That 80, 90 minutes that we get every week for co- corporate worship, good. Small groups. Again, we know that when you're able to get together with others in a smaller group and encourage other believers through discipleship, that's good because based on 2 Timothy 2.2, we've been called to produce and reproduce the things you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trust to others who will go out and entrust it to others. So what are you doing? We're, we're encouraging the believer. We're edifying the body through fellowship when we do that. that that's good. That's good. Uh, One of our values is sharing your story, which means we're engaging the lost. A, B, C, D, E, you'll hear us talk about that. But there's A's that are apathetic, B's that are becoming interested. Share your story. C's that are very young, share share your story with them. Might encourage them. D's, E's, developing as disciples, people that are able to equip others. Come on. We are called to share our story, which means to engage the lost and even the world. What else are you called to do? We're called to serve, and we expand the kingdom of God through ministry and service. Who's to do it? All of us. So you ask, where am I connected? Vertically, horizontally. The values that we have are nothing more than easy, easy, on-ramps, get on the highway. Come on, come on. They're just easy on-ramps to get you on the road of living out what God has called you to to be about. Nick, every one of our values is just simple ways to live out mission. We want you to connect vertically, horizontally. What do you you exist for? To connect your story with Christ and then others. Is that important? Yes. But because I personally believe that once we come to faith in Christ, deep down inside, 
We're all, come on, we're all striving to live victorious in Christ. There, there's none of us that once we come to faith in Christ want to be losers. Well, why'd you give your life to Christ? Because I just want to be a jerk all my life. I just want to be a loser. No. Once we get saved and we submit and we're born again, it's like we want to help one another live victorious in Christ, strive to live the victorious Christian life. That's what I want. I mean, Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 9 says, two are better than one. It's like, that's right. Because they have a good return for their work. If we're striving and attempting to live the victorious life in Christ, to grow in Christ, then, listen, listen, our relationship with other Jesus followers is important, essential to what we're doing. It's like, is fellowship important? Yes. Is fellowship essential if you're going to flourish? Yes. So here's the interesting question. Do you have Jesus-centered relationships? How many do you have right now? Now, again, I believe you should have a lot of A's and B's in your life that you're extending the love of Christ to. But who are the Jesus-centered relationships that you have right now that help sustain you, grow you, encourage you in your walk with Christ? Brandy. Karen, can you imagine going through some of the stuff we go through in life without other Jesus-centered relationships to walk with us? It'd be so hard. Bev, could you imagine that? You've been through this for, for a few years, just trying to make sense of family members and others, and it's like, it's hard. Jan, it's so hard. When you're abandoned, it's like, could you imagine just being on an island and just having people at a bar try to coach you up to get through what you've gone through? No. So one of the things huge for me, I'm just telling you, back to getting smoked by a golf ball, I want to live every day and play par. Par. I do. And here's my acrostic for par, which has nothing to do with golf, but it's par. I want to be purposeful every day. I want my life to be purposeful. I want it to have meaning. I want it to have direction. Hey, I want to be accountable every day. I'm not above failure. I'm not above temptation. I'm not above jacking it up big time. And, and, and I know that none of us are. I want to be accountable. And accountability means like with Nick and Rick and Steve and Dustin and others. What, what do you mean? You're accountable. Accountability means you've got permission to count the abilities that God's given me with me. Nick, he's accountable. So what I do is I count the abilities that God's given him with him because at times you're going to have blind spots. Chad, that's why we value community and other godly men. And, and some of some of so-called the brothers, the brothers and sisters have, have unplugged and they don't hang out and they're not accountable. So we're purposeful. I want to live with purpose every day. We're accountable. And then the R is I want to be responsible. Because I'm convinced of this. I am convinced of this right here. Tim Cash, 
does not get paid to preach, to teach, to counsel. He doesn't get paid to life coach. He doesn't get paid to oversee or lead a local fellowship. Nick Slade doesn't get paid to lead worship, play guitar, sing, put together a pray. We get paid to be responsible. You hear me? You get paid to be responsible. Craig, you're a plumber. Paul was at my house doing some maintenance yesterday. Why were they there? Because they're responsible. That you give them you give them an assignment, and they're like, "I'm going to do it. I'm going to exceed your expectations, and I'm going to be responsible for what you ask me to do." And it opens up another door. Irresponsible people have doors shut. Irresponsible people work themselves out of assignments. Do you hear me? Community, what are we doing? We're looking to be purposeful, accountable, and responsible. Now, I want you to help count the abilities God's given me. Make sense? This is what we're talking about when we get together in local fellowship and community. Now, Jesus-centered accountability inspires a few things. I've got five of them, I think, written down here. It inspires honesty and transparency. It's a Jesus-centered accountability group. It's purposeful, accountable, and responsible, which means my cards are on the table. I'm not fragmenting disclosure. When you get me, you get the good, the bad, the ugly, whatever it is. We cannot be afraid of the conflict that honesty brings. If you're afraid of the potential conflict that honesty brings, then you will cover and you'll hide and you won't be honest. When you go, I'm not afraid of the conflict and tension of being honest and transparent, you got a chance for movement. Here's another one. Uh, Jesus-centered accountability inspires humility. We cannot be too proudful when it comes to allowing others into our lives. Hey, man, thanks for joining me in this journey. It's going to get messy at times. It's going to get jacked up. But we believe that being fully known leads to being fully alive. We don't believe that it's possible to be fully alive when you're not fully known. Cards on the table. I'm humble, man. Here's who I am. I'm not hiding. Respect. And accountability and doing life in a small group and all this stuff, we're going to give respect, which means I'm giving you room to breathe, room to grow, room to struggle. I'm not here to be the fourth member of the Trinity and try to fix you. Where you're at, you've been struggling through some stuff, hey man, we'll walk with you. We've got people in here right now that are battling a variety of issues. Put the cards on the table, quit lying about it, but hey, we'll, we'll walk with you. And so whether it's sexual bondage, alcohol, drugs, what is it? We'll walk with you. And we've got pockets of people scattered around this campus on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, whatever, that will walk with you. We've got some people that are six months clean when it comes to addictions. We've got some that are a year five years, whatever. We've got some that are about three days trying to figure out whether they can 
just make it without getting high. It's like, hey, we love you. We love you. We want to give you a, a, a space where you can come fully alive. All right? We care about you. But when you hide and you cover, we, we, we can't do anything there. Accountability and transparency, hey, hey here, here's part of it. Confidentiality. It's not the stinking jacked up Vegas line, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, but it's what you just shared with me, man, I treasure that. It's going to be confidential. What you shared with me, man, thank you for sharing that right now. We want to help you grow. Thank you for being willing to go there. Uh, dependability, when you're in an accountability group and when you're walking with other people, you have to say, hey, man, I'm here. Are you reliable? Can people like lean into you? And when you get in those small groups, think, man, that's where we see people start to flourish. People start to connect. People start to bond. And you have to ask, if I'm going to be reliable, am I in worship? Am I serving? Am I in a small group? Galatians chapter 5 verse 6 says this, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself in love. Hey, what matters? is that your faith expresses itself in love. Love toward God vertically and love toward others. True love has feet. True love has action. True faith and love will extend to others. Now let me jog through this, and then we'll head toward the, uh, the exit. Why is being connected so important? Why is being in community so important? I got four things. One, authentic relationships are developed. When you start living in community, man, there's some authentic relationships and authentic friendships and authentic bonds that start to happen. Ecclesiastes 4.10, if one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But people who are alone when they fall are in real trouble. If you don't have people in your life right now and you're going through a tough time or disastrous time, you're in real, real trouble. We benefit from having people there to pick us up when we fall, to help us out. Man, I'm hurting. I'm struggling. I need help. Great. Great. I need other people in my life. I do. I mean, praise God for the Holy Spirit 24-7. But I value other people that help with perspective and protection at times. You can get so isolated that you lose perspective. Look at Elijah. He calls down fire from heaven against the prophets of Baal. And then he just kind of starts to drift, and he's alone and lonely, and Jezebel comes, and this dude wants to tap out and die. What, what happened, homie? Man, I, I got over here and got isolated. My buddy Kenny and I, we were talking this morning, and he was sharing about a young man that hiked uh, the Blue Ridge. What do you call that thing? Huh? Appalachian Trail. It like took him 90 days, and Kenny was asking him. He's like, what was the toughest part of it? And he said, being alone. Really? 90 days from Maine all the way down to wherever you end in Georgia or North Carolina? 90 days, people dropping off food here and there? The, the toughest part was I was alone. Jesus sent him out in pairs. Why? Alcohol, 
alcoholics know if they go through AA that one of the things they teach in AA is halt. When are you more apt to give into a drink? When I'm hungry, when I'm angry, when I'm lonely and tired. I'm lonely. People that are lonely and isolate, they will leak into smoking weed and drinking and different things to sedate and medicate. They do. It's so crazy. Here's a lie to overcome. Overcome this one quick. It'll help you. If they knew the real me, they would reject me. They would laugh at me. I would be the freak of the week if they knew my junk. That is a lie you must overcome. Your junk may be jacked up. But when you start hanging out with other beggars that have found bread in Christ, you realize we're all jacked up. Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. He didn't say, I came to seek and to save that which was perfect, because there are none. And I, I, I got to deal with that. And once I can realize that the cards can go on the table, I got a chance to start to move toward healing because authentic relationships are born. Galatians 6, verse 2 I memorized this one a long time ago. It says, help carry each other's burdens and fulfill the law of Christ. What's the law of Christ? Walk with other people who are limping because you're going to be limping one day and need others to help walk with you. Yeah, man, help them out. When it comes to overcoming sin and problems and bad habits, hey, man, thanks for walking with me. And we've got... Pockets of people go, hey, I'll, I'll walk with you. You don't, you don't have to do it by yourself. Nick, it's healing. Here, here's another thing. When you start to get in a, uh, a group of connectivity and community, it encourages transparency. Man, I got to be transparent. Now, here's the deal. God's not calling you to share your heart with everybody, but he's calling you to share your heart with some. There are some people that are gossips. There's some people in this room, I wouldn't tell you my dog's name. <laughs> some people just run their mouth. It's like, man, you, you, I can't tell you anything. But some you go, man, that, that person will walk with you. We're told in Romans 12, rejoice with those who are rejoicing and mourn with those who are mourning. Weep with those who are weeping. You got to share your heart. There, there was a couple we met, uh, this family, about four years ago around baseball, around Jesse's team, and then they came for a little bit, and uh, they hadn't been to church forever. The, the, the older man hadn't, hadn't been to church in probably 45 years, and he started coming here a little bit, and he came on an Easter, and this was a few years ago, and then they just kind of didn't come anymore. And then all of a sudden, he's had some heart problems and some, had to have some stents put in, and he got laid up, and, and Barb has maintained good relationship with his wife. And while I was out in Arizona, she goes, I'm going to see Mr. So-and-so. And, and she did. And Barb goes in there and just loves on the family. You know what he said? I, I've got to get back in church. I've got to get back. And he didn't say this, but here's what he meant. I need some community around me. I need some people around me right now because if this thing would have tapped out, I, I don't have any hope really right now, and I don't have any connection. I'm like, that's, that's good because we love you. 
But if you get isolated, I've seen people, man, all of a sudden death strikes, and it's like they don't have anybody. They don't have any real community. And, and they're trying to make sense of it, right? So transparency. I mean, one of the mind monsters you have to overcome again is if they see my dark side, what are they going to do? Well, you got a dark side and I got a dark side and we've all got junk that we're not proud of. What, what are they going to do? What do you mean, what are they going to do? People that love Jesus, that have been forgiven, they're going to pray for me. They're going to love me. They're not going to dog me. Romans 8, 1, there's no condemnation for those in Christ. So what does connectivity and community do? Here's another huge one. It allows me to seek godly counsel. You ain't getting godly counsel at the bar. You're not getting godly counsel there. You're not getting godly counsel just with the dudes that you're hanging out probably on the boat with on Saturday and Sunday. Because we all have friends that tell us what we want to hear, but we need friends that tell us what we need to hear. I need, hey man, I, I need the truth. I don't need no sugar coating. Listen to what Proverbs 12, 15 says. Fools are headstrong, and they do what they like. But wise people take advice. I know some fools right now that are spiraling out of control, jacking up their lives, jacking up their families, jacking up a lot of stuff around them. And, and you know what they're going to do? They're going to keep being a fool. But wise people go ahead and eat some counsel here. One of my favorite passages in Colossians is chapter 3, verse 15 and 16, where it says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts and be thankful. Rule is the word there for rule is the word we get the English word officiate or umpire from. Let the peace of Jesus officiate, umpire your life every day. It's not rule like a, a king in a castle a million miles away. It's like he, the referee is present in your life. Let, let God's peace rule. Then listen to what he says. Let the word of God, of Christ, richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching, admonishing one another with thankfulness in your hearts. The word admonish means to correct those in love who have gone astray. Who needs admonishing? All of us do at times. Hey, hey, you got, you got, off, got off the path right there. I, I want to come alongside you because I love you. And we want to help admonish you. If, if you don't admonish people at times, it hinders the peace from ruling and it hinders the word from dwelling. Come on. This is coaching you up. I promise you, getting involved in a small group, being connected is so important. Last point is this why do you get connected? Because Jesus is exalted when you do, and the body of Christ becomes fully alive. The body of Christ flourishes when we all come together. Why? Because we hurt together, and we heal together. We experience highs together, and we experience lows together. We win, and sometimes we lose. Right? We celebrate victories, and we, we hurt when you're going through sickness and illness in your family, we, we do it together. And I was right now, like maybe you've been hurt by abuse or by abandonment, betrayal, alcoholism, abortion, something. Maybe you've been hurt by the loss of a loved one. There's all kinds of stuff in here. 
deep family issues. Man, I'm hurt. Every person in here. And here's, here's what ends up happening when we get hurt. We blame and deflect if we're not careful. We just deflect it to somebody else. Hurting people hurt other people. And when you've gone through divorce, rejection, abandonment, betrayal, you, you, I'm telling you right now, back to the premise on the front side, problems either provoke isolation or connectivity. If we're not careful, I got, I'm going to isolate. Nobody's going to know how jacked up my marriage is. Nobody's going to know how jacked up my kids are. Nobody's going to know how jacked up I am. Nobody's going to know how unfaithful my spouse has been. And when you do that, if you're not careful, based on what Hebrews 12 says, there's a root of bitterness that starts to just grow. And the scripture says that, see to it that no root of bitterness spring up among you, wherefore by it many people are defiled. And it just doesn't destroy you. It starts to destroy those around you. The healthy option is to allow somebody to walk with you through what you're going through. Man, I'm hurting. Come on, I'll walk with you. God has used other people in my journey to speak to me at crucial times. You don't have all the answers? No chance. You don't either. Where's your connection? Where's your Jesus-centered relationships today, for real? What small group are you in? For some of you, you haven't been in here for about three or four weeks or six weeks. Why is Sunday morning just an option for you? For real. Why are you afraid of being known? It's okay. It's, it's okay. Whatever you've done, whatever you've been through, there's pretty much been somebody in this room that's going through something similar. And one of the things we talk about, we, we pray this. Nick, you'll hear him say, you'll hear me say, it. one of the things we talk about is that we want to help you struggle well. Which means you're going to struggle. But you won't struggle well with suppressing. You won't struggle well when you deny it and deflect it. It's not going to happen. What's going on with you? What do you need to deal with? James chapter 5. Confess your sins to one another. Pray for one another so that you may be healed. So that you may experience God's healing. Confess and pray so that you can experience the healing touch of God. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. We in this room long to experience healing. I want to see you experience God's healing. Proverbs 27 says, as iron sharpens iron, so one friend sharpens another, a brother sharpens another brother, a sister sharpens another sister. As iron sharpens iron, we sharpen one another. How's that happen? You, you, you've got to be converted, meaning you, you've got to experience God's salvation. If you go back to the initial diagram that I talked about, 
discuss and desire and disclosure, it opens the door to submit to the Lordship of Christ. And then you talk about uh, subjecting yourself to the body. Yeah, you've got to be converted. You've got to be committed, meaning I've got to surrender to Jesus' authority. Then I've got to be connected. I've got to get involved in fellowship, discipleship, small group. It's been the lifeblood for me ever since I came to faith in Christ. It has some 33 years ago. Then I start contributing. I love, I give, I serve. I'm involved in serving somewhere. I'm giving my life away. There's people out there greeting today for the first time and, and, and some for the second time, and it's new, but they're starting to get in the game. And I, I was walking through there, and I was so fired up today, Nick. There's some people serving in different areas, and they haven't done it. And I'm like, look at them. They're starting to get skin in the game. Some are serving with the kids, and some are serving with parking teams, and some are serving in different areas. And I'm like, if you start getting involved in the game, you want to get more involved in the game. And so you've got to get to contributing, and then you get all this compassion of Christ where you just extend his love to no matter who you're with. I'm not taking a bunch of crap. That's not going to do it. Uh, but I extend love. Just because just you're loving Jesus and loving others don't mean you put up with everything that comes your way. But it means you've got grace to look saying, hey, man, I want to help you. Who do you want to help? Where do you want to serve? Who, who are you going to connect with? Who are you going to drop fig leaf with and get transparent and honest and say, hey, join my story over here. Today is a day of decision to say it's time for me to lock in. Thank you so much for watching the message today. We hope that this message inspired you and challenged you as you watched it. encourage you to check out our website. It's thecrossloganville.org. There's a lot of information about our church there. Uh, that maybe can help you answer some questions about who we are. And don't forget that on our website, we have old messages and archived series. So you can spend a lot of time there learning and exploring. If you have any questions, you can contact us via the web, or you could call us at the church at 770-554-3322. Thanks again for watching.